Block Sports. Big 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 Block Sports. Episode 7B for Ballerific for Broke because I just came back from Vegas and I didn't bet on the games like I should have. Um, but let's get into this week's point spreads, predictions, picks. I'll go through, like I said, I'll let you guys know who's the favorite and by how many points. I'll let you know who I think is going to win. I got some bullet points for each game that I'll be talking about as well. So I appreciate you guys joining me here on episode 7B of the Big Block Sports Podcast. Again, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on Spotify or, or CastBox or Apple Podcasts, any of the other audio platforms, you can follow my page on there so you always made aware of new episodes and updates. Um, but let's get right into it. We got Thursday night, and this game actually, see, like I said, I I bring up the schedule um, earlier than, like, I'm not looking at the schedule for the first time right now. I looked at the schedule probably an hour before I started recording, um, and I had an idea of who I was going to pick in this first Thursday night game. It is the Denver Broncos at the Cleveland Browns, the Browns, and and I, this line might actually be different now with some of the news that came out today. But when this, when I pulled this spread, the Browns were four and a half point favorites. That was probably before the announcement that Baker Mayfield would not be playing. So now the Browns are down, I want to say both running backs. I'm not sure if Chubb is coming back. I know Hunt is out for a couple of weeks. I got to look and see if Chubb is back, but they're down both. Their, their two running backs are injured, possibly. I want to say they're they're down a tackle. Um, Josh Landry, Josh Landry, <laughs> Jarvis Landry's already hurt. Uh, he's out for the season, I believe. And now Baker Mayfield is hurt and will not be playing. And they will be starting Case Keenum. So now we got the Denver Broncos, who started out 3-0 and and now are 3-3 and at the Cleveland Browns. I'm trying to decide if those injuries are too much for the Browns to overcome and if they take an L. I'm think I'm, I want to consider the team outside of Baker. Case Keenum is who he is. He's a backup for a reason. He's bounced around through several teams for a reason as a backup. I know he had that one magical season in Minnesota, uh, but since then he's, you know, even before that he was who he was. Teddy Bridgewater again started out three and zero in Denver. They're now oh they now have lost their last three. They're three and three. Ooh, this is a really tough pick. I'm gonna take the Denver Broncos. Given the spread and an upset, I'm I'm sure the spread might be down to like one point now. But I I still think the Browns will probably be favored because of their talent on defense. I'm going to take the Broncos in an upset. I think there's a great opportunity for them to take advantage, take advantage with their pass rush, their secondary, with Case Keenum in the game instead of Baker, without the threat of that rushing attack, because both of the running backs are kind of banged up. Again, they really just have OBJ as a weapon. 
despite his numbers being significantly lower and lower each season since he's left uh, New York. Actually, since since this, let me get my arms back here. Since this thing, his numbers have become less and less every season. I understand some of those were injury-ridden seasons, but still the numbers are what they are. I'm taking the Denver Broncos upset alert. Next game, Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. Again, Carolina, another team started out 3-0. They are now 3-3, three three, have lost three of the last three games. Sam Darnold is doing Sam Darnold things. Then again, Daniel Jones is doing Daniel Jones things. Saquon Barkley is still out. I think Carolina wins this game over the New York Giants. I think, again, DJ Moore. Giants don't have anybody who can cover him. Tommy Tremble is coming on. I don't think the Giants have anybody who can co cover him at the tight end position. Um, and Chuba Hubbard has been effective. You know, he ha he hasn't has he been McCaffrey like? No, but he's been effective enough. He I just think again, it's it's Sam. It's always going to come down to Sam Darnold. I do think the New York Giants defense does not challenge him enough to create multiple turnovers like he's had in some in in the last three games well, actually he had he had turnovers in the wins but I think the Carolina Panthers take this one they are simply the better more complete team especially their defense their pass rush they really have the ability to get after the quarterback and Daniel Jones has the incredible ability to fumble the ball multiple times during a game Carolina Panthers with the dub next game New York Jets at the New England Patriots. The Patriots are a six and a half point favorite, meaning they'll win by at least a touchdown. And I, I rather agree with that. I will take the New York, New York. I will take the New England Patriots in this game. Um, you know, Mac Jones, I'm not really still quite sure what to believe. Now you will go online and Ah, 49ers Twitter, bro. It's such a dark, desolate, terrible place. You know, so many people are just, we should have picked Matt Jones. We should have picked Matt Jones. Yo, like, chill. But anyway, uh, I do like what Matt Jones does right now in the New England Patriots offense. Depending on who they're playing, that is effective. In this instance, they're playing the Jets. So pretty much anything is effective. So I'm taking the New England Patriots. I do think if you're if you're betting on the games, I do think the, the Jets can can cover that six and a half points. More so because New England will not score that much. And I think this will be a low scoring game. I don't think either offense has significant playmaking ability. But I do I do think the New England Patriots, at least at this point, are better coached. They have more veteran leadership. They have more veteran players than the New, New York Jets. Um, despite both teams having rookie quarterbacks. Taking the New England Patriots. Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. Big win for Tennessee on Monday night. If they're truly honest with themselves, and I know they were competitive during that game, Buffalo gave them a lot. Um, Buffalo gave them a lot to keep them in the game, specifically Josh Allen's fumbles. They had uh, an interception. That was that ricocheted off of someone. Um, and again, the last play at the end, 99 out of 100 times, Josh Allen gets that 
pushes into the end zone. He's a big kid, 6'5", 2 million pounds, however much he weighs. The, the probability that he slips <laughs> in that play is, is, is very low, I'm sure. So the Tennessee Titans really have to look at themselves and wonder, which team are we? Um, and I would say this is a very, both teams, Kansas City as well, have to look at themselves too and say, well, who are we? I know that they're three and three now, but we've seen more turnovers. We've seen consistent struggles on defense. Uh, Tennessee Titans, we've seen the same thing. They got two excellent receivers who spend 85, 90% of the time on the bench. <laughs> but when they're in the game, dominated. AJ Brown, you know, listen, when, uh, who's on Monday night? Greasy? Yeah. When Greasy starts calling out your plays, and when Riddick starts calling out your plays, you got you got to make an adjustment because every time that AJ Brown was that, like they said on the, in the telecast, it was spot on. Whenever he's the closest receiver to the ball, meaning he's that third wide receiver in the slot or the second wide receiver in the slot, closest to the line of scrimmage, closest to the offensive line, they're running the deep end, and he ran it every single time. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm going to look out for that. Most of the time, you're not going to have to worry about him being on the field. Same thing with Julio Jones. You might end up having to cover Ferkser, or you might have to just spend most of your resources to tackle Derrick Henry. But uh, Chiefs four and a half. Whew. I'm going to take Kansas City. I think, like I talked about in episode six, Tennessee has a lot of players on injured reserve. I think Kansas City, for the most part, is relatively healthy. Even though um, Edward, Edwards Hilaire is injured in the backfield, I do think Jarek McKinnon, I don't want to say he's having a renaissance, but I, I do think he looks a little a little more spry, a little more whatever you want to say um, in the backfield with the Kansas City Chiefs. They still have Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey. If Mahomes can just dial it back some, like I've been talking about in a few episodes now, um, they should win this game easily. They start getting frivolous with the ball and, and filling themselves a little too much before the game starts. I could see them losing this game, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they will do that given their record and given how they've, um, they've, they've played over the last few weeks. I'm taking Kansas City in this game over the Tennessee Titans. We have the Washington football team who just released my fantasy kicker for no damn reason. Um, it makes me wonder. And I know when I when I initially read it on my ESPN NFL app, like, yeah, he missed uh, an important field goal last week. I think it was like a 43-yarder. And the, the, the team felt like they had had enough. And I thought, that's a bit extreme for your starting kicker in week uh, what is this, week seven, week six? So six games, basically, you're like, eh, we're done with this guy. So you had this guy as your starting kicker since June. You've watched him kick all offseason. You've watched him kick during OTAs. You've watched him kick during training camp. You've watched him kick during the preseason. You've watched him kick week one, two, three, four, five, six. And now, now is when you realize you say, uh, he's not going to work out like something 
something is a fishy there to me, given that right now the football team is actually in be- under investigation by the NFL over, you know, all sorts of conduct. Uh, and I will say not positive conduct. And again, like I said in my last week's episode, that's how John Gruden got caught up. They were actually investigating the Washington football team. And that's when they started looking at emails coming into the football team to Bruce Allen in particular. And they're like, yo, um, this guy Gruden is going off. <laughs> um, so I wonder if the kicker somehow put on your tinfoil hat is involved in that conspiracy. But they're playing the Green Bay Packers. They are not going to beat the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are nine and a half point favorites. They're probably going to win by like two touchdowns. I don't see this game being close. I love Taylor Heineke. I saw some articles where they're saying he's not the answer. I'm trying to figure out, well, if he's not, who is? Um, do the Does the football team make a play for Mr. Watson, possibly? Who knows? Um, but the Green Bay Packers win this game easily over the Washington football team. We have... Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. The Falcons are one and a half point favorites. I'm going to take the Falcons. I know the Dolphins. Dolphins going Dolphin. That was a hard loss. That was a long flight back after a hard loss. Tua, still not really sure what or who he is or what sort of you know NFL caliber quarterback he's going to be. I know what Matt Ryan can do. Uh, They did not have Ridley during the uh, previous game. Uh, He is back. Kyle Pitts is starting to find his way um, in the NFL game, being a dominant player. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons over the Miami Dolphins. Here, The game is actually here in Miami, and I think the Falcons come away with the dub. Cincinnati Bengals at Baltimore Ravens. I've seen some reports that this is now the game of the week, given the Bengals' um, resurgence this season with Jamar Chase, possible Rookie of the Year candidate, Joe Burrow, crash test dummy number one, out there slinging it around. Um, I think low-key their defense has has been exceptional, but not a lot of people are experiencing that. I'm sorry, experiencing that. Not a lot of people are like expressing that or seeing that because, you know, most people are going to be focused on Burrow and Chase and, you know, everything they have going offensively. Mixon at the Baltimore Ravens. You already know how I feel about the Baltimore Ravens. They are six and a half point favorites. I'm going to continue to take Lamar Jackson until Lamar Jackson is no longer Lamar Jackson. Right now he is playing the best football I've seen him play since he came into the NFL. He's um, throwing from the pocket. He is reading defenses. He sliced and diced the Chargers like no one's business. Um, And I think he will do the same thing in Cincinnati. Now, there is a six and a half point spread. And if you're betting out there, I could probably see Cincinnati covering that six and a half points. You know, I could see like a 24-20 game, um, you know, 23 17 or something like that so i could see cincinnati covering that spread but i I don't think they'll win the game i'm taking baltimore to win the game not even quite sure 
yeah, there's there aren't really many other games that will be competitive this week to me, it seems like. Um, that would be considered a game of the week. Maybe Kansas City and Tennessee. I think if those teams were playing better, you know, if they were coming into the game with one loss, um, both teams, I could see that game being the game of the week. But, um, you know, they're they're stumbling through this season so far, the Titans specifically. So I, I think this will be an entertaining game, but I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens over the Cincinnati Bengals. Detroit Lions. <laughs> Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. Almost, a, this is the largest spread this week. 15 and a half points. Can you imagine walking in to the Detroit Lions facility or, you know, however, whatever they play. I don't even know what it's like to be a Detroit Lion, but I cannot imagine being a part of a team, of an organization reviewing the spread and they're saying we're going to lose by more than two touchdowns 15 and a half points to the los angeles rams how and this is where i know it's it's joking in nature but we gotta we gotta give dan campbell we gotta give him something bro you know because he he has his team motivated these players play hard. They lose, but you know what I'm saying? Like they've been in several games this season where it looked like this might be the one. It just hasn't been yet. How does he motivate these guys <laughs> when consistently they are double digit spreads, 15 and a half points? I'm not going to try the lines. I, I really, I mean, nah, they might. I don't think they cover that spread anyway. <laughs> I'm taking the Rams. Easy money. Uh, Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are two and a half point favorites. I think that's an easy pick. I love the Eagles. I love what they have going on offensively, defensively. After you get through that front, uh, that front seven, maybe not even front seven, front four. Once you get past that front four, it's like, you know, Brian Dawkins ain't back there no more. In case you haven't noticed, uh, um, Malcolm Jenkins went to this, went back to New Orleans. He's like, mm, I'm feeling it here. Um, so that defense, boy, I'm gonna take the Las Vegas Raiders. I think again, the the offense of the Raiders is um, more going to be more than what the Philadelphia Eagles can handle. The Raiders can run the ball. With Jacobs, they also have some nice change of pace backs. Drake has been a, a, a wonderful off uh, free season free agent pickup for them. Kenyon Drake has really stepped in. Even when Josh Jacobs uh, is injured or when he's not injured as a change of pace, Drake has been really great. Henry Ruggs is coming on this year. Um, he, he struggled with some drops early in his career, but this year he's catching everything and he's always been fast. I think he's finally putting the pieces together to be an elite NFL wide receiver. They still have uh, Waller over there at tight end. Uh, Renfro, first down machine. So I think the Raiders just have too much offensively. And then we talked about the Raiders before. They were, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but they were, my, they were my other team in the AFC Championship along with uh, the Buffalo Bills. And so far, the Bills are still riding high. I know the Raiders had a bit of a hiccup uh, the previous week, but they won this week. And it seemed like, again, the team seemed galvanized. Like I said, the, the, the situation that happened with the Raiders is going to do one, two things. 
team's going to fall apart, wheels are going to fall off, or they're going to come closer together. And it, it kind of looks like it's really allowed the team to bond and play for each other. Um, so I like the Raiders in this game, uh, covering the two and a half points also in, in case you're betting out there. But I think the Raiders will win the game easily over the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I, I stand corrected. It is not the largest spread. This game is the largest spread. The Houston Texans at the Arizona Cardinals, 17 and a half points. That's almost three touchdowns. Oh, my Lord. Um, oof. Oof. Arizona Cardinals will win this game. They'll continue to go undefeated. I have my thoughts about Arizona. I'll save them for another episode. But this game, they'll be able to win easily over the Houston Texans. Um, maybe as a little bit of a trap game feel after that big game over the Browns last week. You know, a lot of people were expecting the Browns to be the team that causes the Cardinals to hiccup, and they, they ran through them easily. Um, you know, the Houston Texans, despite the controversy and, you know, the jokes or whatever they're 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 not one of the they are one of the worst teams in the nfl but they're not the worst team in the nfl um i i at times listen to the pat mcafee podcast and i like to watch the picks that they do as well and mcafee uh th this is before the jaguars game in london he actually picked the dolphins to win i picked the jaguars but he he was like <laughs> when he was watching the Jaguars the week prior, he was thinking to himself, why the hell did he bet on the Jaguars? And some of the things I saw in that Dolphins game was like, oh, this was a sh this was a sketch pick. Um, but they won, so I felt good about it. But you know, the Houston Texans, I think, are they great? They're not great at all, but are they the worst absolute terrible team? No, I think they're struggling with a rookie quarterback now, Davis Mills, who was not, again, a highly touted rookie quarterback, right? He was picked, I want to say, in the third round, maybe. Um, but he was not one of the big three or four, right? Like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. He was not one of those guys. Trey Lance. He was not one of those guys. Um, he was in the draft, but he was not, you know, he probably wasn't invited to the draft. So I see because I, I see production out of Brandon Cooks, mostly because he's the only receiver. Again, I see production out of um can't think of the dude's name right now, the running back. Uh, but I see production out of the running back. Uh, again, I'm not quite sure defensively who plays for the Texans. Oh, Justin Reed. I know he plays for the Texans, but that's that's about all that I know. Um, but I think the Arizona Cardinals win this game. It's very likely they cover that. I think they, they could win by three touchdowns like this. I do think with that high of a spread, though, if you're betting, you got a good chance for the Texans to cover that spread. You know, I mean, the game could be 14-0 and they will cover. <laughs> um, so betting man might take the Texans as a bet, but I don't think the, the Texans have a chance in the game. I think the Cardinals win easily. Um Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 12 and a half point spread. I was really high on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, more so because of their defense. 
that, you know, was kind of flying under the radar because I think the Bears have always had a really good defense. And I thought once Justin Fields got in the game, it would really create some some dynamic uh, ability to their – it would add some dynamic ability to their offense. But it's it's it hasn't quite – it hasn't quite panned out. And, again, maybe I was expecting too much of Justin Fields <clears throat> as a rookie quarterback. Maybe the Bears were too. Um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game. Even though they're banged up defensively, I still think they have an opportunity to win this game. I think they could cover that spread easily, given their offensive firepower. All right, here we go. Indianapolis Colts at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start again. Uh, who else we got injured? I'm not sure who's going to play defensive back this week. I think we're going to roll in Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley back out. I will say that when I was watching the Colts last week, and now I can't remember who they played for the life of me, but I did watch the Colts game like, all right, we're going to play these guys in a couple of weeks here. Let me see. Let me see what's up. There are a couple things that um, concerned me. And there are a couple of things that made me feel like we can win this game. To get to the point of the matter, the 49ers are going to win this game. But I think Jonathan Taylor is a is a elusive back. I think he's fast. I think the Colts offensive line pushes people around. I think it'll be a great matchup between the Colts offensive line and the 49ers defensive line. Um, I think it'll actually be a great line game between both sides, right? I think the the 49ers offensive line versus the Colts defensive line will be another great um, slug slug fight, slug match, whatever the term is. <laughs> um, so Jonathan Taylor uh, kind of concerned me, uh, for lack of a better term. I think the tight end, Moali Cox, he's big, he's fast, he can block, he can run. He's flying under the radar. I think he... he makes a lot of big catches and plays down the field for that offense. Um, again, the questions about Carson Wentz have never been his arm strength. He has a big NFL caliber arm. With Carson Wentz, it's always about the mental situation and can he stay healthy. So far, he's been as healthy as he could be. He's already broken his foot. He sprained both of his ankles. I don't think he had any injuries after the last game, but, you know, he's coming in uh, a little banged up, so hopefully we can bang him up some more. But I do think um, we can win this game. I think what gave me some peace of mind is that the Colts, well, T.Y. Hilton came back, but I think we could we could, we could can shell around him. I don't think they have anyone offensively either on the outside and even though I mentioned Moelle Cox is a great tight end, I don't think he's necessarily a burner where he stretches the defense in an awkward way. Uh, so that gave me some peace of mind because we know we're dealing with with injuries at at both cornerback both cornerback positions. Um, so that gave me some peace of mind knowing that we could probably load the box to stop Jonathan Taylor because the Colts don't really have anyone who can flat out fly fly passes. I know T.Y. Hilton is that guy, but He's coming. He's already probably past the twilight of his career. He's just coming off an injury. We're not even really sure if he's in football shape yet. 
Um, so I'm going to take the 49ers. I think, again, offensively, uh, we have ineffective offense with either quarterback. I watched Trey Lance's games. Uh, I thought there were some missed opportunities. I thought there were some good things. I thought there were some bad things. The most common thread that I felt hindered us, actually is hindering us in all of the games, offensive line play. We're seeing Trent Williams get beat for sacks. Um, and I'm not sure what the calls are, you know, on the offensive line in that Cardinals game. The 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 Cardinals loaded up five linemen every like every play almost they were five across the across the front, so basically the blocking was five on five and for whatever reason, Mac would keep sliding the Trent Williams side, and then that would cause Brunskill to then block the player that was over Mac. That would lead McGlinchey to then block the end, and then the fifth linebacker who was. Marcus Golden, at the, I believe Golden, unblocked several times throughout the game, and you know I just didn't really understand some of the some of the offensive play call, right? Not the not the play calling. I mean the offensive line calls. You know I didn't get why we were we were shading to the like if we consider the strength of our offensive line, I would have to say it's definitely the left side with Trent Williams. Um, and God dang it, Lakin Tomlinson at guard. Um, that has to be the strength of our offensive line to the left side. Not sure why he consistently leaned over, Matt consistently leaned to that side when the fifth guy was on the other side on McGlinchey's shoulder. I saw a lot of plays get messed up because of that. And I can see where teams see that we are struggling with five, six, because that's what teams are doing right now with the 49ers. That's what's preventing the run game. That's what's slowing down all of that motion and all of the, the pull blocking that we do. They're putting five, six players not in the box. They're lining them straight up across the line. That's going to prevent uh, the outside runs. And if you really go back and watch, even as far back as when Kyle Shanahan was with the Atlanta Falcons, that's what the Patriots did, right, to stop – the outside runs because in the first half of the game, uh, Freeman was all day left and right, sweep left, sweep right, pitch left, pitch right, all game. Patriots spread it out, went five, six along the front of the line. They could no longer get outside. And then the game was left into Matt Ryan's hands to make uh, plays in tight windows because they played uh, tight man to man and zone coverage behind them. So that's what the teams are doing against the 49ers. I hope Kyle Shanahan sees that because I see it, you know, and it makes the uh, adjustments to do so. And I'm tired. I don't know who, who it is. I don't know what side it's coming from. But why is it every, every season? And it's been what? How many seasons now? Two? It's been like two, three years since we traded Buckner to the Colts. They always got to bring it back up again. You know, and now the stories I'm reading now is like, oh, you know, I felt like I did everything to stay. I wanted to stay. They didn't want, they traded me. They didn't. Okay, bro. Like, we get it. Move on. Final game. I know I sound angry, right? <laughs> Final game, New Orleans Saints at the Seattle Seahawks. 
The New Orleans Saints are three and a half point favorites. You know, I'm taking my boy J-Bo wins, Jameis Winston, to beat Geno Smith. This is like an old uh, ACC, right? Uh, Geno at West Virginia. Is AC No, I don't think West Virginia is in the ACC. They might be in the, in the MAC or something. I don't know what division they're in now. Um, but an old, old court college quarterback matchup, right? Geno Smith from West Virginia. Jabo wins out of Florida State. They played some good games during their college careers. They now meet uh, as NFL quarterbacks. Geno Smith coming in, replacing Russell Wilson. I do not think he has the ability to outplay Jameis Winston one. I do not think the Seattle Seahawks have the ability defensively to stop the New Orleans Saints. I do think, again, for the, the Seattle offense is a is a great offense. I think they can run the ball. I think, and I think DK Metcalf, when he's not trying to play hero ball and run down the field when the game's basically like, you won the game, bro. Like just go out of bounds, but whatever. Um, I think they have an effective offense. Defensively, I have no idea what they're doing. The Saints have a very effective defense. They have uh, cornerbacks who can cover. They got rid of Jadoris Jenkins, which, as you saw for Monday night, was a great idea. Um, still have Alan Kamara. They still have uh, – they have. Um, dang, I can't remember the receiver's name right now, but they have a receiver that's coming on strong. It's not McAllister. Um, whatever. He's like number one. That's his number. He's coming on strong. So I think the Saints still have offensively a better offense. I think they have a better defense than the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm taking the New Orleans Saints. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't think the Seahawks will cover that spread. I don't see the Seahawks scoring many points in this game, maybe 10, you know, maybe 13, you know, touchdown, field goal, something like that. Two field goals, touchdown, however you want to do the math. Taking the New Orleans Saints. So let's we're at the end of the episode here again. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Let's just recap again. I got the Broncos in the upset over the Cleveland Browns, mostly because of the injuries. Got the Carolina Panthers over the Giants. I got the Patriots over the Jets. I got the Chiefs over the Titans. Green Bay Packers over the Washington football team. I got the Falcons over the Miami Dolphins. I have the Ravens over the Cincinnati Bengals. I have the Los Angeles Rams over the Detroit Lions, Las Vegas Raiders over the Philadelphia Eagles, Arizona Cardinals over the Houston Texans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Chicago Bears, five-time Super Bowl champion San Francisco 49ers over the Indianapolis Colts, and I have the New Orleans Saints over the Seattle Seahawks. Again, this is episode 7B. Make sure you tune in next week for week eight picks and predictions. If you're interested in the NFL storylines and hear me ramble about all sorts of NFL stuff, episode A is always that episode. It features several great segments from trades, uh, from play, me calling out players, uh, from me imagining the future of the NFL, which just happened in episode 7A. So if you're into imagination, if you're into football, episode a is really where hmm, you're gonna find that but i appreciate you tuning in to this week's episode of nfl week seven picks and predictions again this is big block sports this is the big block sports podcast my name is malcolm may thanks for joining